0: of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.
1: Another edition of Tapeheads, Heads, shoes and Scott Pioli, Dan Orlovsky, where we crawl behind the X's and O's and give you not only the inside football look but also certainly with Scott the personnel look that bent on how teams are put together how rosters are put together it's just an inside look at the NFL with two of the best to do it and guys we have hit the quarter pole. this is what we're going to jump off with this week on Tapeheads in this edition four weeks in the books on our way to week five and we want to talk about some of the things that have surprised you the most whether it is A disappointment or a pleasant surprise or both? Dan, let's start with you. What, as we're four weeks into the season, has struck you the most, maybe a specific team that you did not expect we would be in this situation with this team right now? I'm going to give
2: you one of each. I'm going to say a pleasant surprise is how ridiculously good the Green Bay Packers offensive line has looked. You know, when I went into this season, Bakhtiari out, and then they had dealt with some injuries early on, and you're playing to rookies, I was thinking to myself, my goodness, this is an issue. You know, essentially 60% of your starting five from last year is different, and I really thought they would struggle. I was wrong. I, it's it's a testament to Brian Gudenkoost and the, the picking of players and then the developing of these guys. I've been really surprised pleasantly how well the Packers offensive line has played in the midst of change. Biggest disappointment for me is the Washington defense. You know, this was a defense that was fantastic last year. And they added to it with William Jackson in the draft pick out of linebacker. They're worse. They're worse. And I can't understand how that talent on the defensive line and that speed at linebacker and then that secondary that should be so good. And they're two and two football team, but they're a two and two football team because Taylor Heineke has bailed them out. And I'm I'm so disappointed that this defense hasn't become the championship level defense that I really thought they were going to be headed into this season.
3: Dan, I, I love both of those thoughts, both positive and, and and negative surprises, and 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 I agree with with your total thoughts. I, I'm gonna look at this again. I'll go a little bit big picture in terms of teams and team performance, and and starting off with the not so good surprise is where the Miami Dolphins are right now. Uh, you know, I just expected and was. Uh, Believing that there was going to continue to be progress. And they got better last year. They started this year by opening up and beating the New England Patriots at home and really kind of taking it to them, playing physical football. Now they've dropped three straight. And I understand that there's been a change at quarterback and an injury. I just expected this football team to be better. Offensively, defensively, and quite honestly on special teams, I was expecting a team that was really going to do a good job of establishing the running game. I haven't seen that right now. So to me, that that's been the the start of the season. We're only a quarter in, and a lot can happen now. Uh, I was on a team that was one and three and and won a Super Bowl, but um, again, surprised to see where things are at now. Uh, On the upside. I got to tell you, I am pleasantly surprised with the Cincinnati Bengals and how they're playing and the fact that they're winning games, they're winning them smart and tough. They're playing a physical brand of football. I wasn't sure what this team was going to be this year, quite honestly, going into it. I'm looking at their roster. I'm looking at their players. I'm watching You know, looking at the coaching staff, a staff that I don't know very well and say to myself, what is this football team? And when you generally speaking, if you have a what is this football team, you, you, you know, you're not thinking positively. So to me, big picture, it's nice to see where the Bengals are right now.
1: I think it's a great point. I think the Bengals are a really pleasant surprise. Also because everyone said they were nuts for not going out and high-level draft choice addressing their offensive line when they took Jamar Chase. And how has that worked out, right? Like, they're doing a much better job of protecting Joe Burrow with the guys that they've gone with than I expected. And Jamar Chase looks like he is on his way to being... You know, a, a perennial Pro Bowler, maybe a Hall of Fame wide receiver, if he could keep up the production he's kept up uh, so far this season.
2: Yeah, I, I think that the Bengals, after two weeks, they caught the Steelers' defensive line when they had multiple starters out, and then they played Jacksonville's defensive line. So at a moment where. Again, I thought they should have taken Penesul, Jam- and that's not a knock on Jamar. Jamar's incredible. Yeah. But I was so focused on keeping Joe upright. In the last two weeks, they've been able to do that, and you can see that Joe is special and Jamar is special. The reality is that they are going to play better defensive lines here, okay? And and if that young offensive line for Cincy—my my thing with Cincy is it's it's— if you're going to get beat physically, I could deal with that. But they've had so much communication issues up front the first month of the season. That's what was disturbing to me. But yeah, if they can kind of hold fort, so to speak, or hold serve, I guess, at the offensive line and protection, Joe is really smart with learning, okay, I got to leave the pocket. I wanted to touch on something that Scott mentioned in, with Miami. This is my issue with Miami right now because I was with you in, in believing that they were going to be a lot better. I have no idea who they're trying to be on offense. Right. I don't know who's calling the plays. I don't know what the identity is supposed to be. I don't know what their hope for success is. I can watch offenses and say, okay, this offense wants to be this or they want to major in this stuff or you know, they're trying, to, they're trying to really formulate and, and marry things together in this aspect. There's rhyme and reason. There's rhythm to it. I don't see any of that in Miami. And that's a huge issue for me.
3: And, and Dan, that's where I thought, I, you know, knowing Brian Flores like I do, b flow is as tough a person as, as I know. And mm-hmm. he is mentally tough. He's emotionally tough. He's physically tough. I thought their identity on offense was going to be, we're going to punch you right in the mouth and run the ball. And to your point, Dan, we haven't seen any identity. And I'm not sure what they are either. And, you know, and Bob, I want to go back to your point, you know, great point. I was among those, like Dan mentioned, who felt that the Cincinnati Bengals needed to do something to improve the offensive line, to keep Joe Burrow upright. I think the thing that they've done in a good way is... Their play selection is a little bit better and a little bit different. They're using mm-hmm. formations. They're using motion better than they did last year, and they're doing things from a protect, protection standpoint and a scheme standpoint to help their offensive line
1: protect Joe a little bit because last mm-hmm. year that he he was like you know a lamb to the slaughter. Scott, can I ask you one other quick question about the Dolphins because sure. you were talking obviously about these quarterbacks, and this takes me back to what we talked about on Tuesday. Some of the other teams that record wise are struggling, right? The Patriots feel good about their quarterback. The Jets, they're one and three. You know they feel good about their quarterback. Jacksonville's 0 and four. I don't think they have doubts as to whether or not they've got the right quarterback. Even the Bears, I mean, what Justin Fields showed last week. If you're the Dolphins and you spent that draft choice on that quarterback and now you're sitting around the conference table looking at each other going, guys, we're one in three. These other teams, they're the same record as us, but they have to feel like they've got a future at quarterback. Can we honestly look at each other and say we do? How how do you all answer that question moving forward? Yeah, Bob, that that is to be a really tough spot to be in. It, it really is. Now
3: the thing is, and I'll say, I want to preface this by saying I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know what Beeflow is thinking or what Chris Greer is thinking about how they feel about Tua and where they're headed with with their quarterback situation. However, to your point, if they are doubting that now already you know, what was that, Houston, we got a problem. You know, right. it, 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 it's a problem because you're going to be searching and chasing and making mistakes, compounding that mistake by overreacting to try to get into a market correction. And when you're feeling that kind of pressure, that's often when you make mistakes.
1: Interesting. Yeah, it's a fascinating situation that that organization finds themselves in. And when we come back, we're going to talk about an, probably an equally fascinating conundrum but a different kind of conundrum at quarterback. And that's where the Pittsburgh Steelers are at right now. And also a team that might find themselves looking in the mirror and going, we might have the best quarterback in the NFL. And no one would have said that at the start of the season. And that's the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to dive into the Cowboys and dive into the Steelers when we come back on Tape Ed's. You go into your shower
0: feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings
4: called Point Game. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you
5: get your podcasts. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier, connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required.
1: Back here on Tape Heads, Bob Oshusen with Scott Pioli and Dan Orlovsky. All right, guys, two of the real flagship organizations in the National Football League are going in completely opposite directions, and directions that maybe we could have predicted, but probably not to this extreme. Let's start with the good, and that is the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott right now, I mean, I think there was a time where even the Cowboys themselves, when they weren't paying him, were kind of sending the message to the National Football League. They weren't sure he was a top 10, if not a top five quarterback, Boy, he has served notice that he is now on that level. What have you seen specifically with Dak, but also with this offense as a whole, that is making it play at this level?
2: I think, first of all, Dak has got a plethora of people that he's got confidence in that he can throw the football to. So when a quarterback is confident, you guys remember the video game NBA Jam when it's like, he he checks, you know, Dak almost lives in a world of heat checks. You
1: guys probably don't. Think no, you're NBA looking agent. at two guys. That just <laughs> yeah. a weird, you can see. No one pack, can see man. us looking at each other right now. Kind of shaking our heads, going, "Yeah, we're space. Yeah, we're space invaders, Pong. guys." But go ahead. Whatever you were saying.
2: It's almost like he lives in a world of heat check, and it's, it's not like this. I can do whatever I want with the football, and there's no repercussions to it. But it's almost like I could do whatever I want with the football because I've got really good people around me, and I'm so confident that. I'm going to throw the ball in the, in the spot that they need it or only they can get it, so to speak, and um, they'll go find it. Now, I think uh, overarching as an offense, your job on every play is to figure out where the weakness of the defense, every defense, every single one has got a weakness. And then your question is, can we attack it? And a lot of teams, the answer can answer both of those. A lot of teams know what the defense is offensively. Hey, yeah, I know what they're they're in. They're in this defense. Well, can you attack it? No, we're not good enough. (laughs) Or or I wonder what they're, you know, and the Dallas Cowboys with Dak are kind of the, hit, hitting the two for two on that. Kellen Moore has done such a good job of understanding what the defense is going to be in, and he's taught Dak all that stuff. So when Dak's at the line of scrimmage, he's like, ah, you guys are in this. You guys are in, uh, you guys are in pressure off the right side, and I got trips to the field. Great, I'm going to check to a fake perimeter screen, send my back from the left side to the right side, pick up the blitzing nickel linebacker, pump the perimeter screen, and hit Cedric Wilson on the seam. Gotcha. You know, because I can. And I think that's what you're seeing is is, we we use the phrase complete control, certainly with Dak Prescott. And I I think that the fundamental uh, reality is they're built at the line of scrimmage. You know, not only did they get healthy at the line of scrimmage, they got healthy with two Hall of Famers. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Right? Scott, they're they're the number two rushing team. (laughs) Right? I mean, we're giving all the love to, obviously, the skill position guys, and we're giving the love to Dak Prescott, and rightfully so. Scott, they are the number two rush offense right now in the NFL, and it's not just those two backs, right? I mean, I knew their physicality was something that drew your attention when you were watching them last week. Absolutely, Bob. You know, and Dan mentions
3: Dak knows that he has good people around him, and that is a different kind of confidence because – when you know that you have good people around you and you can run the ball as a quarterback, you know that you can make some decisions to confuse the defense and to just do what you do best. And, and Bob, to your point, you know, you watch this game this past weekend and when the game changed, in my opinion, was in the third quarter. The physicality yeah. over the course of the game—it started right out of the gate when the Cowboys went to offense, went on offense in the third quarter. They started using an extra tight end slash offensive lineman. It changed the entire mm-hmm. complexion and feel of the running game and their style of play. You know, Dante Scarnecchia had this phrase when he—you know—it was a phrase that I that I used after talking to him, and I I never knew how to articulate it, but he would say, "This kid has a style of play." that is you know just he's gonna jam you up and the Cowboys style of play as a unit up front changed in the third quarter so in the third quarter first position they start using three Titans they're using Schultz they're using Jarwin they're using Sprinkle but then they also bring in Connor McGovern and Connor McGovern played about 16% of the snaps over the course of the game but really that happened only in the second half and They've got a back who's finally running. You, you remember, remember the first couple of weeks we were talking about whether Pollard was mm-hmm. the guy or if, if Zeke was going to stand up. Well, Zeke has stood up the last couple of weeks, and he's running with the attitude and the personality and the physicality of his offensive line. And, and Dan, you mentioned two Hall of Famers, and that we were talking potential fall, Hall of Famers in, in the left tackle Smith and the, and the right guard. You know, uh, (laughs) I mean, Zach Martin is all that, uh, all gold, all that, and a bag of chips, right? He (laughs) is all day tough. And they're now running and playing with a physicality that complements everything that that Dak does so well and that freedom and, and Dan, I, I'll ask you to talk about that freedom as a quarterback, mentally, emotionally, confidence wise, when you know that you got people on your side that are just going to beat people up, yeah. it allows you to feel a little bit more super, doesn't it? Oh,
2: absolutely. And it, it just gives you this uh, belief and you know, it, they're called offense for a reason. It gives you an, an offensive mindset that you are constantly on the attack that you constantly are going to over what, and Scott, your point of the third quarter in my notes, I wrote an onslaught. <laughs> it was 14, 13 with 13 minutes to go in the third quarter with three minutes to go in the third quarter, 36, 13 In 10 minutes. It was just this overwhelming. And I kind of said it, the Cowboys right now to me are like the 2018 chiefs, like on offense where you they, you, they could just overwhelm you and defensively, are like the, the Bucks in the playoffs last year where they just suffocate you, so to speak, you know? And I think it's that team philosophy too, Scott, because as a quarterback, when you're watching your defense and the Cowboys defense is playing so well, but they're also taking the ball away, yeah, you feel, again, that freedom to, all right, if, if, if something bad happens to our offense because we're maybe we're over-aggressive or whatnot, my defense got my back. You know, they'll bail me out. They'll get it back for me. And, and I think that's the, the philosophy of Dak right now. And I'd also say this because you brought up the third tight end usage with the offensive line. That, that big 13, mm-hmm. so to speak. 13, yeah, one yeah. back, three one tight back, three ends. Tight but one ends, of yeah. those, yeah, one of those tight ends is a big fella. So it's really, you know, heavy 13, so to yeah. speak. Those tight ends in Dallas... Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz, they're fantastic in the pass game. Yes. They are just as good in the run game. They are just as good blockers.
3: And then you bring in Connor McGovern, and he's nailing people. You know know what that became last week? And this is why I I got excited re-watching this game. Yes. It turned into bully football. I love on-field bully football because on the defensive side, as you mentioned, Dan— Dan Quinn, their defensive co- coordinator. You know, I worked with Dan in Atlanta when he was our head coach and he had still so much defensive coordinator to him and Dan Dan is a tough Person, tough-minded, and has a tough football team. And right now, they are playing tough football. And that's when they're, th- they're at their best. We talked earlier you know, about knowing who you are and looking at who you are. If they see what they are at their best, they do true self-evaluation, they see that they are at their best when they play bully football and tough guy football,
1: they need to stick with it. It must be fun to be Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn right now, right? To have those kinds of weapons to be able to dial up whatever you want to dial up and you guys mentioned the defense. I mean, to me Trayvon Diggs, Micah Parsons specifically, players like that give you so much flexibility with so many different schematic things that you can do because Diggs right now can just X out a receiver, right? Like I remember when the Jets had Darrell Revis and talking to Mike Pettin when he was their defensive coordinator and saying, what's the effect? He's like, it's having 12 or 13 guys on defense because I don't have to commit the personnel that I would normally have to commit to take out the best receiver because I got this dude over here, and he'll just X him out. Now I've got safeties that I can do things with that I wouldn't be able to do normally that must be fun. Yeah.
2: L- let's go super nerdy here. So,
1: okay. I love super nerdy. For, I- I'll
2: touch on Michael Par- Micah Parsons right here. So, when you take Micah Parsons and keep him as an off-the-ball linebacker, so an inside linebacker, but in those passing situations, you, sh- you present your blitz package and you put him up in the line of scrimmage. Me, as an offense, I have to answer the number one question, who is blocking eleven? OK, now when I if, if I say my offensive line is going to be dedicated to blocking 11 Micah Parsons, that means that somebody else on that defense is going to have to get blocked by one of my backs. So then my my back might have to block Randy Gregory. He might have to block a, a defensive tackle. And so then if I say, you know what, I can't do that. My offensive line has to block the defensive end and, and, and defensive tackle. Then my back has to block Micah Parsons. Good luck. It's not happening. <laughs> Pick <right>? your poison. <laughs> right. And I can't, I can't do that. And then yep. the, the, I, I want everyone to remember the Trayvon Diggs first interception, not the hitch that he gets on DJ Moore in man coverage. So first of all, the great thing about this with Dan Quinn is he takes – Trayvon Diggs is an outside corner who used to play wide receiver. Okay, they take him and move him inside automatically as a quarterback. I think it's man coverage. When you take the outside corner and move him inside, I am thinking man coverage. They put everybody up in the line of scrimmage. Again, Micah Parsons up there. Again, I'm thinking, well, here comes man coverage pressure at the snap. They blow all those guys out that were in the line of scrimmage. They drop them out. And then Trayvon Diggs drops out. And all of a sudden, he's playing with vision on the quarterback. Oh, my goodness. It's zone. You put your outside corner inside, you showed me pressure, you didn't play man, you you didn't blitz, you dropped out and played zone, and Sam Darnold's like, man, what the heck, and he throws it right to Trayvon (laughs) Diggs. And Ryan Clark, who's at ESPN, he's brilliant, was telling me that the difference between Trayvon Diggs and a lot of other corners is he plays with constant vision on the quarterback, not on the receiver, even in man coverage. And I said, dude, that's bad, right? And he was like, well, you know, it's, it's difficult to coach because you in man you <laughs> want your eyes, you tell your guys to have your eyes. But he was telling me that because he's got such unique ball skills that because of the X ex- wide receiver in him, that it's okay because he's got the ability to have vision on the quarterback while also keeping his body in the right position in coverage.
1: The kid's outstanding at corner. There's so much there with the Cowboys. We haven't even gotten to the Steelers yet, so we're going to take a quick timeout and come back and talk especially from a Scott Pioli decision-making standpoint on what the future is at quarterback for the Steelers, how they handle that. It's got to be a tough position to be in when you've got a legendary guy that you know at some point in the very near future you have to replace. And also a look at Ram Seahawks Thursday Night Football when we come back on Tape Ed's.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.
4: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required.
1: Back here on Tape heads. We've got Thursday night football to touch on, which we'll get to in a moment. Rams and Seahawks. But one of the biggest topics right now in the National Football League, the Pittsburgh Steelers last year, two-thirds of the way through the season, looked like they were headed to the Super Bowl. And it has been a totally different situation since. Everyone is focusing on the quarterback. Scott Pioli, you have sat in this chair before. How hard is it to be the decision-maker of a team when you know you've got a legendary quarterback that you're going to have to say goodbye to at some point in the near future? Is this all about Ben Roethlisberger, and what do the Steelers do? Yeah, you know, Bob, so... I'm not sure what they're going to do, but I just
3: want to give an example. So uh, early on in my career, when I was a slappy with the Cleveland Browns, (laughs) I watched a situation like this from a very different perspective, right? I was watching Bill Belichick make a decision uh, when it was time to move on from Bernie Kosar. And it wasn't all over, but it was close to over with Bernie. And Bill was trying to navigate through... Moving on from and or benching and moving on from, you know, an icon, a player who was an icon in the community with the fan base, the owner, and Bill had to handle this situation. We knew he had to make a change. We, It it was just And there's that famous quote in the Cleveland Plain Dealer where Bill said, you know, he's got diminishing skills. And even though it was the truth at the time, it wasn't a message that was received well from the fans or the owner or the general public. And I just remember that moment because Bill spoke the truth about a player and a situation, and, you know, he was under attack for it. No one ever talked about a year later or two years later when everyone realized what Bill said was accurate and true. And there's this whole dynamic of how do you handle it with the individual? How do you handle it when someone... um it's over, or it's changing, and they don't know it's over. And you can be very clinical in terms of the decision maker, but if you're clinical, you're going to lose a lot of people along the way. You've got these factions that are created there's within the locker room players that that support the veteran quarterback, players that don't. You've got a front all. You, you, there's people throughout your organization and the community that feel differently. Then ten years later, I was fortunate slash unfortunate i'm in a very different role from being a slappy i'm now (laughs) one of the two decision makers and bill and i have this situation where we've got this guy named this kid named tommy and we've got drew bledsoe and there was an injury and we felt that the time was right to make that change and we stuck with brady throughout the year and then we had to trade drew at the end of the year and again as a leader you you have an obligation to do what's best for the greater good, to do what's best for the team, for the team now and in the future. But you also have to be empathetic enough to balance that with humanity and explaining things without unintentionally embarrassing anyone or making anyone feel bad because you players are watching. Everyone's watching. And the other thing that you get in this dynamic is the player. And, and Dan, I don't know how much you can speak to this, but there's this part with a player where um, when it's their time, they're usually the last ones to see it, right? Hey, and I say it as a player, but you know, players, coaches, guys like myself, because of your confidence and because you're trying to lead and do such a good job, you don't always see what the truth is. And when someone's telling you it's over, you don't give the best version of yourself as a person. And I've seen really good people that don't know it's over and you don't get the best version of them. And then it becomes very complicated from a relationship standpoint. And, you know, I'll I'll just end this long thought with, you know, I remember Parcel saying early on when I first met him, and he was talking about all of us, players, coaches, front office people. And he goes, in this business, seldom, if ever, do things end the way that you want. We all get fired. We all get cut. And... There's a lot of competing emotions and it looks like the Steelers may be entering this point in time where they've got an icon and everyone's got to get on the same page and hopefully do things respectfully.
1: It really is so interesting to talk about dealing with the human beings, right? It's so easy for us to read people on top. Oh, Big Ben's done. I'll tweet it, you know, and what What do I'm, I'm not. In, I mean, there are people in the Pitt, Pittsburgh Steelers organization that have been there not just for Big Ben's career, but for 10 years before he even showed up. And you have to deal with him as a person and all of his teammates and everybody else in the organization that has had success all of these years with him and know him. And that has to be really hard.
2: Yeah, I'm thankful. I don't have to make the decision. I know that. <laughs> you know, it takes it, it takes a lot of courage and looking at yourself in the mirror. I, I'll speak to on the field. Right. Right. Is is there any difference in be- between Big Ben's play this year and last year? No, it's just that this year they're 1 and 4 and last year they were 4 and 0. Oh. That's the real difference. And the truth is that they're a blocked punt away from being 0 oh and 4. And if you go back to last year when they lost, I think they lost 5 straight to end the season or 4 out of 5. This is a football team that it has not had success over their last 10 games, so to speak. It's the worst offense in the NFL over the last two seasons, okay? Mm. That's the truth, both numbers-wise and results-wise and tape-wise. You can't change out the offensive line. You can't. There's just not enough human beings. You can't replace the offensive line if you're hoping to change something different. You can't replace the receivers. Again, there's only 53 guys on a roster. The only person that I could see that you can make a change with to see if you can spark different results would be Big Ben and going to a Dwayne Haskins or a Mason Rudolph. And I think that is the, the, like, the incredibly difficult and fine line for Pittsburgh is you've got, and Scott, you could talk to this significantly more than I can or better is you got to look at yourself candidly right now of who we are. We're a one in three football team in a division with the Baltimore Ravens, the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. That's just in our division. We should be 0-4 if not for a blocked punt. Okay, so we are, as a football team, we're fighting and clawing and scratching to even have a chance to potentially win games. All right? So that's who we are right now. And that at some point, do we not have to start thinking about what the future potentially might hold? And that is, you got to do both of those at the same time. I'm not pretending that they're easy. And I know it's a very difficult and uncomfortable conversation to try to manage. But if we are just going to sit here and say, well, you play Big Ben because he's a Hall of Famer in your city and your organization, I think that you're doing a disservice to your football team. I think you're going against the culture and the brand of who you Pittsburgh Steelers are. And I think that once you go down that slope of going well, we're just going to play him because he's a hall of guys, he's going to be he's going to be a hall of famer in January no matter what you do. You know, and I think once you decide, well, nope, because of what he's done, he's going to be the guy no matter what. I think that's when you start as a coach, you start to show cracks in in your potential. Trust the locker room has in you. That's all I'm saying.
3: Yeah, it, it, this is fascinating too because You know, this conversation was going on a year ago. Yes. This conversation of do we make the change? It went on the entire lead up to the draft for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. Are they drafting the replacement? What are they going to do? Are they going to do it? But here's what happens when you draft that replacement and you want to start developing that replacement. You know what you end up with? You end up with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. And then you've got a different hot mess on your hands. So it's going to be one mess or the other. You have to have a plan and a process in place, and it's never going to be perfect, and it's never going to work out well, and it's never going to work out with a bunch of folks, including yourself, being uncomfortable.
1: Guys, we only have a couple of minutes left. Quick thought, Rams, Seahawks, Thursday night football. Got a Seahawks team that's 500. They're kind of the definition of 500. They've been kind of a roller coaster through this first month. The Rams, of course, we overreact to losses all the time. We probably shouldn't overreact to what happened to them this past weekend. But this is a very important game for these two teams.
2: Yeah, I think the Rams get back and kind of get right offensively. Seattle's secondary still struggles. Simply Seattle's secondary struggles to be in the right place at the right time. I mean, you saw it on that Trey Lance touchdown. They're just playing cover three. Someone's got, someone's got to stay in their zone, you know? And so I think that, you know, Sean McVay and, and Matthew Stafford are going to be able to exploit the secondary. They'll come out aggressive throwing the football. You know, I, and I think for Seattle, they offensively, they've certainly been less dependent on Russell Wilson early in football games. Um, their running game got going a little bit specifically on the perimeter, which was really nice. The thing is, for like their offense right now seems to have moments of sputter, and DK Metcalf has to pull them out of that sputter, so to speak. And he's stepped forward; he has. I just think that's a real tall task for a guy in his second year or third um, third year in the NFL as a wide receiver. So I think the Rams' secondary is able to minimize the explosive offense in, in Seattle, and I, I think they're. Um, their offense gets a little bit back on track in the past game against the secondary in Seattle. That just struggles getting aligned sometimes. Yeah. This is going to be an interesting game. Cause this is a really,
3: I, I don't like to be talk, talking about how important game five is, but this is an important game five. You know, I, there's been this history where sometimes we're counting Seattle out and Pete Carroll does something to get things right. Dan, you nailed it. What they're asking the secondary to do isn't difficult and they haven't been able to do it right. real well and it hasn't allowed them to apply the kind of pressure right. that they're used to doing and they're going to need that this week against uh, against the Rams. You know, you, you you talk about Seattle's offense, you know, Russ is going to be fine. To me, I think it is time for for Metcalf to set up step up a little bit because right now I love Tyler Lockett, right? I know he's a terrific player. I know he's going to do things, but really he has never been the star, and that's been by design, right? And by I don't want to say by talent, but that's the way th- things have been. Something isn't clicking, and part of it I think is the running game because Pete Carroll is a punch you in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Run the ball first, then everything comes off of that. And you know, with Carson right now, it, it, there's flashes like you said. there's they've been a flash offense. That's what they've been. There has not been enough consistency, and yeah. they've got to get that. But this is an important game for the Rams, too, because the Rams you know, continue to be the golden children of the National Football League, and they've got talent. They've seen their first bit of adversity, but here's what you do know. Pete Carroll and Ken Norton are going to be coming after Matthew Stafford, and it's going to get rough tonight.
1: There's never enough time to listen to these guys talk football. That'll do it for another edition of Tapeheads. That, of course, is Scott Pioli. You heard Dan Orlovsky. I'm Bob Oshusen. We will be back on Tuesday. We'll drop another episode. We'll be talking Bill's Chiefs. We'll be talking Brown's Chargers. Be sure to rate, subscribe, leave us your thoughts wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks for being a Tapehead. Tapeheads is a production of iHeartMedia and the NFL. You can download the Tapeheads podcast on the iHeart app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You
0: go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel.
3: Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
4: Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks,